So, Carl, are you keeping cool? I'm so cool, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I am. uh, I have been ensconced in watching uh, late movies in August, and who knew we'd have a we'd have like a last gasp, I guess, of the summer. We'll talk to our guest, Frankie Cavallinetta, about the Haunted Garage Horror Fest. Then, you know, he's going to tell us about the nun, Insidious, the Red Door, the Deep House, what he thinks about all the horror that's coming out right now. Around minute 39, we'll talk Gran Turismo. Around minute 47, Retribution. Around minute 50, you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. And then around minute 56, Golda. So we'll get uh, to Ahsoka's that Ahsoka's on Disney Plus. Thank you. Watch that. Actually, hold rave on. let me let no let me say this. If you never watched Rebels nor the Clone Wars, there are things that you will not appreciate. And you don't have to have seen those to understand what's going on. Dave Filoni does good things about uh, bringing the newbies in. But if you liked Rebels, you will like episode one. If you loved Rebels, you will love episode two. So. That is all I have to say about that. And I've only seen the first two episodes because that's what everybody else has seen. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, we're, we are fast forwarding to fall and autumn means more horror movies. And today our guest is Frankie Campbelletta, who's going to talk about the Haunted Garage Film Festival now in its how many years, Frankie? This is our third year. Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Absolutely we are well. Doing great. <laughs> Staying cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's butchering out there. I'm bringing uh, two shirts to work now because one just gets drenched from the car to the office, and then I wear that one on the way home. Oh wow! Because it dries by then. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's rough. Hmm. And then this morning I was dealing with owning a house, which I said I'd never do because I don't believe in the idea of owning a house. But here I am. <laughs> Owning a house and having to deal with sprinklers and irrigation. Owning systems. a house. Yes. That's the real horror. The real horror is just owning. It doesn't even have to be haunted. It's just owning a house. Property ownership. It's, yes. <laughs> Tell us about the haunted garage and what's happening and where is it going to be this year and all those kind of fun things. Uh, so this year, it's pretty spectacular. We actually have um, niched out an entire... Uh, corner of the Dogtown area, which at High Point Theater, which is pretty huge. This is something that we had um, aspired to be about three years ago and say, you know, one year we're going to be playing at High Point and this is that year. Uh, So we're pretty excited to be at High Point. We're pretty excited that, you know, Cinema St. Louis, who actually owns High Point Theater, um, gave us the, the opportunity to do our festival there, being that we are genre specific. We don't really compete with any other film festival in St. Louis. So it's kind of like open season on horror for us. So um, cinema, the, the film case, the showcase that um, cinema St. Louis does, they do have a um, horror film, short film circuit sometimes when people do those films. And then sometimes we get those films into our festival as well. And I believe the candy crucible is one of those films that was both selected at um, the film festival in St. Louis showcase and ours as well. The candy crucible is a, Really fun film. Um, so we're excited about that one. So it's Yeah, a Chris Clark film. yelled at me. He, I said, yeah, the uh, St. Louis Film Festival is not really known for horror. He's like, we've had horror the whole time we've been doing this. 
Well, yeah. I suggested last year that we have a separate horror slash thriller category because we had so many entries. And he said, yeah. And then this year too, I said, we really need to have that back. And we did, we had quite a number of uh, horror slash thriller movies. I'm not saying many were good, but Candy Crucible is definitely one to watch. And it won our costumes because it's kids having a, you know, Halloween bonfire and they're all in their Halloween costumes and there wasn't a Disney princess or superhero in sight. It was all original costumes. Yeah, and, and I think that even makes it like a little bit more creepier, the the paper mache thing, the the you know, those types of things really kind of brought the film to life. It's her first film outside of being a graduate from Webster University, which is St. Louis University, which was awesome. Um, she's excited because we're actually using her film for our trunk and treat, our trunk or treat, a classic car trunk or treat, which would be Thursday night. Nice. From four to six, so the neighborhood kids can come out, and it's five dollars for adults, and it's sponsored by Four Hands um, Ill Repute, which is a stout pumpkin spice beer that they're doing for the Halloween season. Um, so they are an in-kind donation. So Four Hands is represented on our website. It was really kind of them to to um, give us something like that. So we're excited about that. Um, and so that'll be from like four to six on Thursday night. And then we'll have our walk into our last year's winner, which was the chest. Um, and then Aaron, Aaron Irons and Josh Croft from that film will be there to kind of present the film. We'll watch last year's winner and then we'll roll right into, um, so this is kind of tentative right now, but we're looking at a band called, um, Freddie versus, which is a local St. Louis band. They're actually recording <laughs> in Nashville right now. Um, it's lead singer is female. It's thrash metal. And it's all about horror. They sing all, all about horror films. I mean, their songs are really cool. So we're thinking about also having them working into the schedule. We have about 30 films to showcase from micro short all the way to feature. Um, so if this is really to get your fill on horror over Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And the reason why we left Sunday open is because we had a lot of people come into town last year that we were really surprised. So we gave Sunday a travel day for them. So they can get back to their real jobs, you know, because, you know, indie film is hard to make money in indie film. So um, we have some really big headlining films. We have Black Mold, um, which is uh, a cross between out of um, Kansas City and Canada. It's one of our big features. It's already a favorite um, amongst the people that have seen it. But it's a very stiff competition race, which in our features, we have a film called Wolf Hollow. Uh, Mark Cantu is the director on that. He actually was one of the first films we ever received three years ago. So he's back and his, so we're getting a lot of repeat. Um, Michael Rich is back. Um, ben Mahanke is back. Oh, is he going to, um, is he going to show the queue? Michael Rich is showing the queue and he will be in. Oh, oh terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. And it won our yeah. horror category. Yeah. I mean, he's coming in with a very big film that's already won. He does have a lot of stiff competition. I will say in the short film, because we've got films from all over. We got films from Miami Dade. We've got films from uh, Florida State University. Um, it was just uh, an outpour of like, I think last year, everything that we could have possibly done right, we nailed. And it got that feedback got into the horror into the horror atmosphere. Um, so it's in this space now. Haunted Garage is kind of known around as, as one of these really crazy um, festivals that really focuses on the filmmaker, giving the filmmaker their spotlight. Now, we're not saying that other film festivals in town um, don't do that or that it's wrong that they don't do that. Remember that we're horror specific. So we have more time 
and the people that are there want to talk about horror. So we're bringing our filmmakers on stage and we question them. We've watched their movies. We have an excellent host and Lillian Shank, who's our event organizer. She's back. Um, she's hosting again. And that just made the whole place kind of light up last year. She does an incredible job of emceeing and getting the right questions for the artist and for the filmmakers. So they don't have to come up there and kind of be awkward. She'll have a list of questions for each one of the selectees. Um, so yeah, there's a total of like 30 films, but we also have three speakers. We have um, uh, the, the director of Nailbiter, uh, Patrick Rea out of Kansas City coming in to talk. Um, mostly, so he's in the student block. So we put Patrick Rea, who's a, just his IDMB page is like just loaded with stuff that he's done. He's an incredible writer director. Uh, he's a good friend of our festival director and he was able to come in to town with his wife and he's going to give a speech on getting distributed. This was just something we tried to do last year. Um, but this year we, we arranged it differently so that the student block, when the students show up on Saturday, they'll be able to hear from Patrick Rea that next step of how do you get my film distributed now? And since he has so much experience in indie film markets, having worked with Lionsgate um, and a bunch of other major horror film outlets, he can really help the students kind of guidance. But it's also good for local filmmakers that make great films but don't know this side of the business to come out and, <coughs> and listen to what Patrick Rea has to say. This year, Haunted Garage also did something different um, where we brought in two psychologists. Um, last year, we had Colton Scribner, who was just a hit on stage. So we invited him back to come in and he's talking about um, monsters and, and why we why we can empathize and sympathize and all these crazy things that he's doing. I can actually read what um, uh, he's doing this year, which is kind of cool. He's also running. He's in Eureka Springs. He owns a little haunted inn called the Peabody House in Eureka Springs. And he is actually running the zombie crawl in Eureka Springs on October 28th. And we're sponsoring the zombie crawl and they're sponsoring the Haunted Garage. Um, so it's kind of cool to have him back to give a talk. He has a really good friend and a woman by the name of um, Athena Atipkis, uh, who is a professor um, from Arizona State University, so ASU. Um, so she'll be out talking about, so what her PhD, what her doctor says, she's a microbiology and uh, cancer research, all the way to evolutionary science, all the way to everything else. And what she's decided to basically focus her time on, and she's already, both these psychologists are random Penguin House signed writers. Like these are as legit as you can get in the, in the science world, but also in the paranormal world. And the reason why we're bringing these people out is because um, with Patrick Rea kind of covering the movie end, we wanted to bring people out that get those writers that are in our audience to really start thinking about like their next film. And how do you do that better than to talk to psychologists who've dedicated their life to not only morbid curiosity, but Athena has dedicated her life to a zombie apocalypse and what the out, what the effects of that will look like. And because we had a pandemic, she has so many um, amazing data points as to how this would break out and how it would look. And so her next book, that's coming out is all about this zombie apocalypse and how the effects of that will help um, hurt society and the effects it will have on society. So she's really talking about some real things. And I know everybody at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, I think we had done a show like right before the pandemic hit. I think yes. we're all wearing masks and stuff. And, and it was scary. It was very scary to see like where this was going to go. So from those data points in two years of wearing masks and do I get the shot? Do I not get the shot? I mean, what does this look like? And so she's been able to kind of compile a bunch of this stuff. So we're trying to hit up 
Washington University and SLU and a bunch of other psychology departments to come out and bring those kids out because these are the these are the talkings not only for just filmmakers but for psychologists. This is an interesting part of the psychology field where one is studying the minds of serial killers and why we like monsters and why it's okay to like horror films and you know gore porn and all these types of things. Like so sometimes when when you're watching these films like Hostel or Human Centipede and you like them, you're like, oh my god, is something wrong with me? You know. <laughs> And so, and so Colton now, does has anybody this, like Human Centipede or are they just oh, yeah. intrigued by it? I think it's one of those films that's just like, I can't believe he did that. Right. <laughs> and then make a second one. And then, so yeah, so there's definitely an outpour of people that are really, I am not a torture porn type of guy. I don't like films like Hostel and Saw. Hostel, I love yeah. Them. Yeah, I respect them. I think they're incredible if you can have a mind like that. Um, I guess I'm kind of the, the cutesy Disney type of Halloween guy. Like I like to have like funny, cute looking skeletons and ghosts, but now is uh, saw torture porn. Yes. Or it did, did it, or did it go past that? I think it's, it's subsequent. Torture. Yeah. Right. It's sequels. Right. Yeah. So I've heard that they're going to do a saw that's analog horror, which is kind of cool. I would, I would actually almost watch this one. And this is kind of like years later, they find found footage of this guy when he was young and him being jigsaw? a young jigsaw. Yeah. yeah. But so Tobin Bell is still in a part of this after they killed him in like one of the first ones. Right. Or did wow. they, right. That's kind of like the, right. the intrigue behind the, the they're never dead, never dead. Well, like, and, and they, they're bringing in real at Chris rock was in one of them. Yes. He was doing a serious. Yeah. It's doing a serious part. Now he wasn't being comedic at all. It's, it's, no, and but, the fans Chris, of them are great. Chris Rock was awesome in Fargo, the, the TV series. Um, he's I have to watch that. Season. That's that. Uh, uh, that's season. season. Yeah, I yeah, love. He's Chris coming Rock. back. Season five scheduled. Yeah. yeah. So season four was Chris Rock, and he plays this blank black gangster, and he is superb in that in that role. Because you always think of Chris Rock as like you're just waiting for the punchline. But right. man, can these comedians like really turn the corner on just being Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's crazy to be like the um the movie that I watched last night was um uh, we have a ghost. It's really funny, um, but it's also kind of cute too. It shows another side of like psych the psych parapsychology world of ghost hunting and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. And they had a comedian and a very famous um, LGBT. Um, comedian that's in it and she plays the CIA agent trying to bust ghosts. It's really like she has this really weird kind of straight role as to like who she is and is a character and I think the film is really cute. I, I know a lot of people hated it but I thought it was really funny. I mean there were there were some really great moments. There's a um, but yeah so to rival that sorry it got off track with Athena and Colton we have the three speakers we have the band coming in. No I, 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 I derailed you I didn't mean to. Yeah no 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 worries. Um, so we have Astral Woods this is another film from Isaac Rodriguez. Um, he's really big in the horror scene. I swear to God, this kid puts out a, a movie a week. Um, we had one from his last year that won Best Feature, so he's back. So it was nice to see him come back. He had um, a town, a, a town full of ghosts last year, won Best Feature. Um, so like I said, Michael Rich is back. Ben Hanke is uh, Ben Mahanke's back um, with Smile or Smiley, which is just a very sinister, strange beautiful like like ben always does with his cinematography i was finally able to watch all these films so i'm trying to name them off um there's some really good films out of jersey they're actually coming in called no good deed um there's another genre 
genre fest, which is going on right now, the kids that run that festival did a movie um, called Worst Laid Plans. And can I just tell you that I have no say in the judging or anything, but the advantageous and courageous nature of of um, Worst Laid Plans to do an anthology, okay, to do a horror anthology and to take it upon yourself as indie filmmakers to do three films in one was not only inspiring, but it was just, I was in awe that they were able to pull that off because these films cost so much money to do when you, when you, when the things that you don't think about, like entering festivals or, um, you know, all the extra production money and the post money and, and just to see the, the makeup and the practical effects in this film, and then to get really good actors to do three different films in one. It's incredible. Um, Black Mold. Did I they have the same actors in all three films? No. Okay. No. And that, that was even, even more inspiring that they had a huge cast of people um, that was in this film and, and um, they, they just kind of hit every mark uh, for an anthology. Um, it's not, I don't, I didn't catch that it was part of the same universe, the, the three. That's the only thing I kind of, and maybe they didn't intend to do that. Um, Cause they sure as hell didn't. It was make like it creep show. Basically. Yes. Yeah. It's a real creep show. It's a real twilight zone, the movie um, type of, uh, it, it's just, you don't see that in short film. You just don't. Um, I've never seen an indie anthology film in my festivals. Um, and there's a couple other films. I mean, we have a film called trick or treat, but get this. Um, this kid is 17 years old. She's still in high school. Okay. She's in Joplin, Missouri. And I literally had to reach out to her, but because she was a minor, I had to talk to her mom mm. and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> you know, your, your daughter did really well. Um, but there's something wrong with the video from Vimeo. She just has to re-upload it or something. And she didn't even have a poster. So the guys at Haunted Garage designed her a poster because Aww. we loved her film so much. So we designed her a poster. So she has a poster to go with her movie now. And and, and just to see the overwhelming outpour of um, we have Tulane University. So the student competition is so competitive. You have FSU, you have Miami-Dade Film School, which is a huge film school um, in Miami-Dade. It rivals University of Miami. You have FSU, you have Tulane University, which was kind of crazy. Um, Bentonville, you had all these different real big universities come out for our festival this year. So the student competition, I mean, some of the films we were watching is like, is this, this is a student film. This could compete in the short film competition. Um, one of the kids, uh, Matt Robb, did a film called No Man. And it is this seance type film that's absolutely just insane. And I think that when people come out, they're going to be like, I cannot believe what technology has given these kids yes. to be able to do these types of films. We, When I was in film school in 2003, we had to buy like two minutes of Super 16 and it cost like $3,000. And you better not ruin the take. Oh God. Yeah. Everything is exposed at like, you know, 100 ISO and you had to do it right. And you had to, you know, you really, you didn't know until you sent it off, which was another thousand dollars. And then you had this two minute horror short. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see that there was, we had tripled our submissions in three years. We had gotten all these return people because they liked our festival so much. And that was what the, the outpour and why we started this horror film festival, because we've been to so many of them and we love, you know, Fantastic Fest and Shriek Fest and Panic Fest. We love them. But what Haunted Garage does different is that we really celebrate the filmmaker. We really give that feedback to their, they really earn their pistons, their golden pistons. 
um, and stuff like that. And this year we've actually modified the piston again every year that evolves as well. So we got a really fun one this year. I can't wait to just show that. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the three years are just, the three days are just packed full of films and great speakers and great camaraderie. And we have full liquor bar this year. We have rev bar, um, sponsored by Jim beam and OTR. And we also have some really cool bartenders coming out doing like adult ecto coolers that are amazing. <laughs> so like moose juice is what I call it. Um, so you'll be able to drink this year. There's some vendors this year. We got some fun vendors coming out, some authors coming out to talk about their haunted books. Um, haunted garage has a slew of merch last year. We sold so much merch. So we've got so much more haunted merch, um, this year. And, um, it's just going to be a really fun festival. We have, um, you know, Jeff Bassetti is back. He's doing a writing workshop inside the Fox and Hound at the Cheshire. Um, it's only it's only 20 people capacity. But uh, I want kids. I want students. I want authors. I want filmmakers around town that have a script that want to come up and, and really work with somebody that has won the Triple Crown in horror. Um, he is one of the best writers out of L.A. right now. Everything he's writing is just gold right now. We are doing a St. Louis film together. I'm actually producing it. It's called Murphy's Gulch. We're shooting it right here. Um, at Wyman Park out of Eureka. Um, it's an old ghostly tale um, around a Boy Scout fire camp that comes to pass. And it's an incredible um, think Stand By Me, think Spielberg, think those types of films. We're shooting that short film this year. So we're very excited about it. Excited to have Lynn uh, Benhouse uh, review it and stuff like that. So <laughs> once we get to that, well, once we get well. to that stage. Yeah, and we haven't well, done a film so in a while. We've been so focused, but yeah. Go to hauntedgaragehorrorfest.com. That is the best way to do it. Now, when is this? I've got my pen out here so I can mark it on my calendar. October. October. Yep, October 5th, 6th, and 7th. And then um, Colton's speech is on why we're fascinated with monsters and murderers. Um, and his uh, Colton is speaking on why do monsters look and behave the way they do? What are the features of monsters and murderers that keep us coming back for more? This talk will explain the science behind our love for scary genres like horror and true crime and explore why some tropes just won't die. Um, so if you go to the, the, the website, huntedgaragehorrorfest.com and go to Dead Talkers 2020, like kind of like Ted Talkers, haha, <laughs> Dead Talkers, um, you'll have all the people that are basically hosting our event that will be there, that will be there in tote and everything that they are. Um, Athena actually has a really great podcast called zombified which is an incredible podcast where she really gets behind this zombie apocalypse type thing um and it's kind of scary too because i mean right now there's a drug called trank i don't know if you guys have heard about this um t-r-a-n-q and it's if you just type it in you'll read all about philadelphia and san francisco where this this drug is literally making people like walking zombies it is the scariest thing that you will ever witness there were hordes of them when i was in philadelphia last year i said what is going on down here and the cops were like man we don't even go down there and there's people just like walking and staggering and, and sketchy and like kind of like ticking it's just the it looked like a horror film it looked like something had taken over these people so she might even get into that type of stuff. So we're, we're at the bridge of something really important, but also like really shocking too. Um, there's a couple of films coming out from Hollywood, but this is the time for, for young artists and filmmakers to be making films. There's a strike going on. Um, SAG is strike, the writer's strike, directors are involved. The only thing that's really happening in Hollywood right now is production, the editors and stuff like that. So this is the time to get your films out. 
So Jeff Bassetti is doing that writer's workshop, and this is a great time to kind of work out those scripts. Me and Jeff are writing a film called Floor Venom, which was a podcast uh, episode that I won a couple awards on. You can listen to that on the Haunted Garage. It's a 13-minute episode, um, and we're making a movie out of that. Right, subscribe to our website. We've got some fun stuff going on with that. But like I said, that Thursday night is for the kids. Um, they're going to come out trunk or treat with our classic cars. We've got like eight or nine classic cars coming out. Um, and then they'll be able to watch the Candy Crucible. We have four showings of the Candy Crucible that night in the back lot. Um, so the kids can go up there after they trick or treat and go to the, go to the theater and watch that 13 minute or 13 or 16 minute film that is absolutely yeah. so well done. Yeah, um, it's not very long and it's not very scary. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not like kids going to be and, running out of the theater. And she did her homework. I mean, she she read the Crucible. It was so cute how she was able to kind of turn this. It's almost like this Lord of the Flies meets Hocus Pocus. It's this weird type of film that I that I absolutely fell in love with. Um, with some of these films. We have one called The Herp, which is kind of this crazy film out of Philadelphia, but she actually, it, it talks about St. Louis, which is kind of crazy. She entered it on their student film, but it was just so good. We actually had to move it out of students. Um, and we've actually asked a couple of our students, would you mind going and competing in this category? Because we believe the caliber of your work is actually, and it is scary. It's scary as an older filmmaker to see what these kids are doing with cameras um and they're just so tech savvy so i know there's a lot of downtrodden on these zennials and millennials and we're always you know talking well, they're about, zoomers now they're z's they're zoomers yep yeah you know, and it's like the, the one thing that's coming out of that generation is this ability to really tell stories which is great i think that that is a cool type of thing and, and that you, you get so much we have a bunch of films that are all black cast and black filmed which was just we don't you don't see that but now we've got some films in there that are all no. black cast and and it's nice to see that finally come into fruition that these films are getting in these festivals and they're competing and um the acting is, is superb in astral woods the the acting is absolutely undone um and it, it's a fishbowl it's a fishbowl film i mean it's it's a feature film that is sci-fi and horror and captivity and um, scams. And so you got some really crazy thing. And then we have um, another feature um, that just the features in general, it's going to be very hard. One's called American Meltdown. Um, the acting in this film, I, I've, you've got to watch this film, Lynn. Um, the acting in American Meltdown is absolutely incredible. The film is not horrific. But the acting alone just draws you into this space where these where these people are living. And you watch this whole woman's life and career kind of change because she kind of meets a bad friend that's an influencer. And yeah. and um, it's just this crazy it's a social commentary. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well, has always been social commentary. It is. Absolutely. I mean, we didn't see a lot of analog horror, which was funny. We didn't see a lot of found footage films this time around. Um, and it might just be, I mean, after Skinnamarink stunk up the place, um, I think that people kind of, you know, are going to give it a, a, give it a rest a little bit. We're excited about the nun too, that comes out September 8th. Um, we're actually going to all dress like nuns and going to see it at the, uh, Alamo draft house. Lovely. So wh what do you think of the conjuring universe? I think the, I think that there's some misses, um, um, I think that 
I think that James Wan um, in and of itself forgot what he was great at. Right. I think that I, I like him as a producer. I like him better as a director. Um, I think that when you have films like uh, La, Dionia, La, La Rona, um, right. they, that just missed that. Well, it's it was it was tangent. It it was barely a part of that universe. The Conjuring Two is still the best one of 100%. all of them. One hundred percent, I agree. Because that is actually the truest of the stories, too. Um, right, and the the Conjuring the Conjuring wasn't scary. It was a good story. It was a great introduction to those characters. But besides that clap scene, besides the clap scene, there's nothing scary about it. Yeah, oh, I don't really know. Dirty. I just possession just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I'm sorry. But it wasn't scary. Yeah, it's the supposed to be a scary. horror movie. You're supposed to be afraid. Yeah, the nun was. The nun did things with jump scares um, that we hadn't seen before. The side jump, right, which was awesome. You didn't see that mm -hmm. coming. Um, and that's I think James Wan. But, you know, you have to really give credit. I mean, the jump scare is really M. Night Shyamalan. I think he's the one that really perfects it. It's been going on for a long time. But in Sixth Sense, this is the beginning of what would become a, a thing that right. you have to do in your horror movies is that jump scare um, that people hate but love. It's the love to hate. Um, and it's hard to pull off. It's really hard to pull off. Um, uh, the, the film that I love the most this year was Smile. Yep. I, I know people that, that was Max Boise loves Smile. Yeah, yeah, and that is going to be a part of it. Yeah, it's yeah. really who, who, who. I like the X and Pearl. Yep, so I'm looking them. forward uh, to. There's no, there are no announced dates for Maxine at all. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I said, "When is Maxine?" I thought he was going to have them all come out within the same year, and now it's TBD. I, I'm can't. guessing that's because of the strike. It's, so what happened with Maxine was he was still in the writing phase and production phase of Maxine. So he's locked out. He Basically, it was put the pencil down. Um, had he had the film done, he would be fine because he can go to production without getting any kind of... Um, as long as he doesn't do any rewrites. Exactly. Exactly. But, but, he, but he can't have actors. <laughs> you can't have actors right now. And, and those actors are all sad. So you're, you're right. you know what I'm saying? So like it, it's, it sucks for him, but I think that because it's not going to come out 10 years later, it'll be fine. I think that, that right. my favorite it'll movie. It'll still be fresh. Right, right. My favorite movie as a kid that I just watched with my, my fiance. It's been a while. Yeah, that's a, that's a great horror film. They made part two last year. And it was absolutely awful. It had nothing. It was just terrible. It was people that had a million dollars to blow. They didn't use any of the original cast. The acting was horrific. Um, or like the upcoming Exorcist movie. Yeah, I have my own. I don't. I don't know why you would even <laughs> make that film. I mean, it's not a. It's not an. It's a classic. It's like remaking Jaws. It's like why would you? Why would you touch that? Why would you? Why does Ellen Bernstein? Does she need the money? Well, William Friedkin, Friedkin just died. Right. I know. So uh, now yeah. he can roll over in his grave because this is just. <laughs> I, 
I mean, I was so, and it has nothing to do with the girl being black. I, I think the cast is great. I thought the mermaid was great. I, I thought that it's just when you market it as, oh, it's a black mermaid. No, just market it as no. the mermaid. Right. As a mermaid. It's yeah. a live action. Yeah. It's a human. It's a human. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, my, uh, my um, uh, first cousin's daughter has a podcast, Two Girls and a Ghost. And they have gone on tour this summer. So their their podcast is really super popular. So people just love that go, good ghost story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that um, the Conjuring universe, you know, it's going to hit back. There's a big one coming out. Um, the, the problem with the Conjuring universe is that you have to buy into the Warrens. Right. And it, we're paranormal, and, and they're problematic anyway. They are, and Ed and Lorraine. But that's Warren, not. Te- but that's not Tessa. It's not the actor's fault. No, Vera. Not at sorry. All. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, Vera. And Patrick, it's Vera. It's Vera and yeah, Patrick. And I love Patrick. Patrick's probably one of the best. I mean, he was awesome in the Red Door. Um, and a lot of which I, you I, saw. I yeah, I did. I did. I. I loved it. And I love that universe. I love Insidious. Um, in fact, this year, as a tribute to them, uh, we're selling Spectral Sightings hoodies. Um, <laughs> so because the because we're a haunted group, too, and we just we love the ghost hunters in that in that movie. Um, and I thought that the Red Door was a great way to close the universe. I think it was just so well done. And the sun. You, you honestly believe that that will be the last one? <laughs> I I think I think it has to be. I think that when you watch it, it's like there's really nowhere else to go. Um, I think you could do something in like three years where somebody buys that house and they un they undo the door, then maybe there's something there. But I think you had the keymaster, right? That was the fourth one, and then this is the door. So some of the most horrific entities that we'd seen on screen, um, James Wan universe incredible film i love all the insidious they're probably one of my favorite series i do love the conjuring um i liked all of them i i do believe carl i think the the second one's the best the carnal the, the universe well, is annabelle creation shoddy. is better than um, annabelle which is it, it, yeah. it's it's weird which ones are better than the other ones it doesn't it doesn't follow yeah. logic the writing's not consistent either it's just not, it's just, there's not, a, it's not like they wrote on the board like Quentin Tarantino does. He writes on the board, like, how is this Here's film going to be a part beat of this here, film? Beat, yeah, yeah, how they uh, are all connected. Yeah. It's like, right. uh, oh, wait, we it's need like, to make oh, another shit. one. Right. Like, oh, we got to explain this now. We got to explain this now. And I, I think that, but I mean. Let's have, let's know, have the I, priest. I love, Let's have the priest from this one make a cameo in this. So therefore it's considered part of the universe. And I'll tell you an underrated film. I mean, as you guys know, I'm a big Blumhouse boy. Um, you yes. Know, they're, they're my favorite. And um, for multiple reasons now, but the, the, the other, the one that really didn't get a lot of looks was a film called the deep house. The deep house is scary and it's Mick Jagger's son um, who's in it. And he's amazing in it. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called the deep house. It was a $5 million budget. I think it only made 2 million. So it was a little bit of a mm-hmm. bust for them, but that film is incredible. That entire idea 
about an underwater haunted house because they flooded a zone is just just so cool and you can't breathe the whole film it is so well done like the underwater stuff is so well claustrophobia or do you feel like you're gonna drown yeah it was done in these controlled like 20 feet tanks um and i believe the the directors are from mexico so they have that whole like you know um one of, I mean, one of the best, I mean, horrific directors of all time, Guillermo del Toro. Um, he had a film, his first film out of college, I think was called The Devil's Backbone. Um, it's still one of my favorite films. It, it's a scary film. It's very Annabelle creation, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting when you look at that film and you watch what he's up to now and, and his little series on Netflix, which was, I thought, inspiring and very Twilight Zone for the future. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the horror festival really you start to see um, people's influences that The Conjuring and Blumhouse and all those universes have on these young filmmakers that are probably going to become something within a couple of years here, because um, the, the level and creativity of work is just our films this year don't miss. The, you can get into the short block, the micro. So what we did was, too, is that we believe that during the spooky season in St. Louis, there are so many things going on. And so we don't want to. um stop people from doing other stuff and other festivals are going. So what we're doing, which is, is why you're doing it the first week of October. Mm-hmm. We're doing it the first week of October. We're also splitting it up. So if you just want to see one film, you can buy a ticket to one film. If you want to see the short wow. block, you can just watch the short block and, and get out there and get to do something else. Um, and if you want to do one day versus all the days, you can just do one day. So a festival day I think is, um, I want to say it's 30 bucks and it's $50 for two days and it's a hundred dollars for the all access. You get everything in the party. And I think we're even going to go with like uh, Basso or Parbar. We haven't decided where that party is going to be. It's, it's basically where Freddie versus can play at. Um, we're going to do the after party there. Um, so we're definitely looking at making this a bigger festival this year. And then next year it'll grow again, but we've segmented stuff into different tickets. So you don't have to feel that you're locked into three days. You can come and go as you please. You can, you know, hey, I'm just going to watch this block because my buddies and I don't even like horror films, but I want to come out and support them. Support so my friends. Yeah, I just want to watch this short block and, and see who he's competing with. And then, of course, Saturday night will be the award show, which for some reason always gets really packed. And, and we hope that because people want to see who wins. Contests exactly. draw people in. Go to hauntedgaragehorrorfest.com. And you can find out all the information about the programs, the shows, and tickets. Frankie, you want to stick around while we talk about the uh, newest releases? Yeah, I'll stick around. So the big one this weekend is... Oh, yeah, thank you, by the way. (laughs) Uh, The big one this week is David Harbour from Stranger Things. He's the top lead. He's the top line in this movie, even though he is the second hero in this movie. It's based on a true story but also based on a video game. And if you talk to the people in the movie, it's not a video game. It is a video simulation of Sony PlayStation's Gran Turismo, which is not a game. It is the most accurate driving simulation for racing that exists. And Sony, and as as Orlando Bloom says in the movie, Nissan uh, wanted to partner together to see if the drivers in the game slash simulator can actually do what they do in real life. 
and this actually happened in my kid figured out it was around 2010 because my child wanted to see this movie because it was big online and so this actually happened and they have the actual people that were in the they had a school for them and they trained them with real drivers to see if it would work and the one of the kids that they're following in this movie Jan he actually plays he's the stunt double for the actor in the movie so he's he's actually a racer and it follows the story because Nissan and, and Sony and PlayStation they picked he had to become in fourth place to get in to get an actual license so he was in like the training circuit but he had to uh, kind of prove himself and he did and it was this movie is better than I thought it was going to be because I you know it's a video game movie but it's not a video game movie it's based on a true story this movie could have been uh, gone so horribly and I saw it in IMAX and the racing and the it gets you into what racing is if you've ever gone to a live auto race it is intense and that's why that it was great to see it in IMAX uh, the kid's name is uh, Archie Madikway M-A-D-E-K-W-E I'd never seen him before he won he's British because the whole thing takes place he's from Wales uh, he was the British screen international star of tomorrow and he was on C with Jason Momoa on Apple and he was also in uh, Midsummer, which Lynn, you know how much I love Midsummer. I know. <laughs> Great film. So I'd I'd blocked him out of that. Uh, but he's young and uh, his dad is Jimon Hunsu. And his mom is played by Spice Girl Jerry Hallowell. Wow. Don't let any of the things that I have said discourage you because the movie it's it's really good. I had low expectations for it, and I had a good time. And it's a very uh, inspiring story. It's inspiring, especially if you're a gamer and your parents have told you, get off the couch and do something. This kid actually got off the couch and did something. Well, one of the, I mean, as owning muscle cars and stuff, I think that when you get into this type of Formula One and, and Gran Turismo, I mean, we haven't had a NASCAR death since Dale Earnhardt, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. But when you get into Formula One, you're at speeds where you basically incinerate. And 240, 250, 300. Yeah, yeah so a lot of people know the, the average speed in NASCAR is 72 miles an hour. Um, they only really hit the banks really hard. In Formula One, they're maintaining speeds of upwards of 140 to 240. Um, so when you're seeing Gran Turismo films like these, they're very, very hard to shoot as well. Um, and so what I've seen, the looks of the trailers and stuff that I've seen that, that came out, I have not seen the film. I'm, I'm, I'm under the illusion that every video game movie fails. Um, I don't think it's the case for this film. I, I think that no. there's strong acting in they it. They found a way to make it real. Yeah. I have heard so was. many people say it's better than you expect, which is always a plus. Yeah. So Well, you, I you was, go in with it, low expectations. Yeah, and I was there are the a lot of there are screen. a lot of 
there are a lot of product placements because it is a Sony film and a PlayStation film. And so David Harbour's walking around carrying a Walkman and they call him an old man. But do they get him an iPod? No, they get him a digital Walkman. It is to, it is 2011. So they but what some of my other fellow critics said, I couldn't tell what year this was. Why is David Harbour still wearing a Walkman? They don't say they just say based on a true story. They don't let you know they're. I, I don't think they want you to know of, that this took place in 2010, 2011, but they, I, I don't know why. I don't know why they couldn't have just put, there are a lot of video game, gamey kind of things where like the car, he's, he's sitting in his room and the car builds around him because he, you mod these cars yeah. to make yourself go faster. And so he knows the car and the tracks inside and out, which is, actually helps him racing because he knows the car so well because he's modified it in the game. And since it was set out to be the most realistic simulator, it actually had parallels with real life. So it made everything better. And I think that actually makes the movie better. It's shot really well. And the racing scenes are great. It's, you know, drones. It's not a lot of CG even Oh, I'm sure some of the effects. I mean, they couldn't put the actors in that much danger. A lot of a lot of close-ups. Unless you're Tom Cruise at 61 years old, flying off cliffs with a <laughs> parachute. So well, I mean, uh, well, that's Carl, what I saw. I'm going to move on to another uh, older actor in in uh, in a car chase movie, and that would be uh, Liam Neeson in Retribution. And, you know, yeah. Liam's been doing two, three movies a year for a long time. And since Taken in 2008, he has carved a niche out as an action hero. And the last two movies last year, uh, they were awful, Memory and Blacklight. I gave them very bad grades. Horrible reviews, yes. Oh, just awful. So I am happy to report that Liam is back in his wheelhouse. He is trying to save his family. And only this time he's not as noble as he's been in the past. He plays a dishonest banker. And Matthew Modine is his best friend and boss. And they have some shady dealings. Well, he's in typical movie dad fashion. He's a distant absentee dad. And mm. M. Beth Davids is plays his wife and she's ready to divorce him. And she asks him to take the kids to school and he's preoccupied. He's really busy. And he's like, okay. So they get in this beautiful uh, Mercedes Benz luxury SUV and uh, they're in Berlin. I don't know why they're in Berlin, but they're in Berlin. And so, <laughs> so that's uh, why. Yeah. So, so anyway, he's about to drop him off at school and a phone call with a disembodied voice, just like in Scream, tells him he's got to do what he says because he has wired the car for a bomb. Oh, it's speed. And, and so <laughs> he has yes. to keep driving and do what this guy says or the car will blow up with his children in it. And he has to kind of fill them in on what's going on. It gets complicated, but it's a tidy 91 minutes and it zips. This is the Yay! third remake of this Spanish movie uh, 
in English called Retribution. And so the Germans made it, uh, remade it, the South Koreans remade it. And so now we have the, I guess, so-called American remake. And English speaking one? Yes. And it's just what you expect. It's twisty. It's twisted. It's very just zips along. I'm happy. Basically, they cut to the chase, which is good. And uh, he, Europol, you know, they're all chasing him because they think he's responsible for these deaths because the guy on the phone has decided to show him, you better do what I say or I'm going to blow you up. And he blows up cars. So he's causing all these deaths. So everybody thinks Liam Neeson caused these deaths. So it's one of these. But actually, I was happy with it because we so rarely get these just basic crime dramas anymore. We have these bloated spectacles now. And it's just nice to see something that's just zippy. Uh, it does what it sets out to do. No frills, you know, just like that. And then Liam, because, you know, he is 71, um, he just has to stay in the car and drive. And be gruff. <laughs> And be, yeah, and be brave and be, upset, you know, that he's been a bad dad. <laughs> so. All these films are like the same. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, it's, yeah. it's it's going over the same territory. All right, Lynn, I want to hear about the Sandler film on Netflix. Yes, it is a charming and delightful film. You know, that's my high praise for things, charming and delightful. It is not an Adam Sandler movie. I just want to say that for whatever you think about Adam Sandler, this is a teenage comedy starring. I'm not his, inviting you to my bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Uh, she's a girl. Because she's a girl. Okay. So it is a teen drama based on a young adult novel. I mean, it's not a teen drama. It's a teen comedy. And it's two lifelong best friends. They have to go through their bat mitzvah. They become a woman, all that kind of stuff. They have to study. Uh, first of all, you do not have to be Jewish to like this movie. It is very universal. And uh, they're in junior high, that awful year. It kind of mines the same territory as, are you there, God? It's me, They're Margaret. 12. They're turning 13. Yes, but it's contemporary. So this is the TikTok generation. But... They still have the same old problems all junior high kids have had through through the years, through modern era, because there's a cute boy that they both crush on, and that causes a rift between the best buddies. Now, this cast, Sonny Sandler plays Stacy Friedman, whose parents are played by Adam Sandler and Idina Menzel back oh, to uncut gems yes but happily married oh good happily good, because married. i did not want that couple well that couple would be broken up at the end oh of that yeah movie oh anyway. yeah so <laughs> they have these two teenage daughters which are like foreign to them because they don't understand them and adam sandler plays a typical dorky dad but in very loving fashion because he just has to look puzzled a lot of times by what the hell the kids are doing. And he's like, you know, when I had a bar mitzvah, we went in somebody's basement. And we had, you know, matzo balls. And then, you know, now there are these huge events and there's they're the Jewish kids. Yes. 
and they're just these huge productions. And so it is just a breath of fresh air about uh, a, a time in life that everybody can identify with, but it's very modern. And these girls, uh, the oldest Sandler daughter, and I'm blanking on her Sadie, name. Sadie, Jackie? Sadie. Um, she is plays the oldest daughter, and she's not in it as much, but she's snarky and good. And then Adam Sandler's real-life wife, Jackie, plays the mother of the other girl. Hmm. And she's getting divorced from Luis Guzman, and she wants to spend all his money before they get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> So and let me guess, this is a nice tidy 90 minutes also. It's it's a, an hour and 43 minutes and it's uh it's really charming. It's just one of these uh, Adam Sandler moving to Netflix was the best thing for both Adam Sandler and people that like or didn't think they would like Adam Sandler movies. Right. And I think because I mean, he is a dad he is a father of two girls. You girl dads, you both are girl dads, you will relate to this. But I also think anybody who's not a parent or a girl dad can relate because these kids behave like kids do. And yeah, I mean, just, he's he's a Jerry Lewis of our generation in France. I mean, he, he does really well in, Euro, in, in the Euro scene, Adam Sandler. They love him. Um, I was hoping Hubie 2 would be coming out. Hubie Halloween Part 2. I oh, enjoyed so Hubie Halloween. Hubie was great because um, he loves a, Halloween. I mean, if you right. listen to some of those things, I mean, he, he's obsessed with that. I mean, he does Transylvania and, um, you know. But, yeah, I, I, I'll check out this film. The last one I saw with him was that Detectives one with uh, Jennifer Aniston. I, I haven't yeah. watched part two yet. but Oh, yeah, those the, films the part two's good, too. It's not as good as the first one, but it is still worth watching. I loved yeah. mystery movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, and so this real... one is, this one's actually called you are so not invited to my bot mitzvah. And it starts <laughs> on Netflix on Friday and I highly recommend it. And I think, uh, I think you're going to see more of Sonny Sandler. Cause I think Lynn, she's Frankie, unnatural. Frankie has to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Frankie has to go in a second. Oh. You said you saw one more film, right? I saw Golda with Helen Mirren. So oh, well, heavily latexed. It's <laughs> remarkable. I mean, she's unrecognizable. So she's playing frumpy grandmother like prime minister of Israel. But it's only it's not a biopic. It only focuses on the Yom Kippur War of 1973 and how hmm. she is held accountable by this commission that she calls all these deaths. And Lee Schreiber plays Henry Kissinger. And Golda is weird, very motherly, weird casting, empathetic, and it shows her making tough decisions. And it also shows they smoke so much in this movie. I have not seen this level of smoking in a long since time. Oppenheimer. This billows. No, I mean, billows the smoke. And she's lighting up before she goes into her radiation therapy. And they got to take the cigarette away from her. That's how bad it was with the smoking, but all of them, like Moshe Diane and all of them. So anyway, she plays Henry Kissinger like a film. It's awesome. But the movie's rather dull and stodgy and just kind of doesn't breathe. But it's got by the guy who won an Oscar for the short 
about the neo-Nazi reformed skin. Yeah, I that was have. the that was the one everyone thought was going to win, and then it did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Hard so he, see. this is his his thing. But you know, you got to pay attention if you don't, you know, if you don't know the Israel history, you got to pay attention to what it all says and everything. So, but Helen Mirren's Helen Mirren. So you know, but geez, you cannot, you 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 can tell it's her by her eyes, and that's about it. <laughs> well, Frankie. Let's Thank go to you. Haunted Garage for Horror. Let me say that again. Haunted Garage Horrorfest.com. It's in August. I'm uh, what let me start that whole thing over again. <laughs> Haunted Garage Horrorfest.com. It is in October, starting October 5th. That's for the kiddies. You can buy tickets right now and shiftfilms.net for everything that you're doing. That's right. Yes. Thank you. And and also it's uh, National Cinema Day on Sunday, four dollar tickets. If you want to get Barbie or Oppenheimer, you better get online now and reserve uh, them. the seven o'clock showing of Gran Turismo, because IMAX is included in that four dollars and thirty four cents because they do charge tax. It's already sold out. Every single seat in the IMAX at Marcus is sold out for Gran Turismo because I said, oh, I didn't. I wanted to check and see if they were doing IMAX as well. Every single one, every Dreamliner, every single theater. So if there's anything you want to see, you should have already probably gotten your tickets because it's selling really well. Marcus and AMC are doing it. I don't know about other. Right. Lynn, where can we find you socially? I'm you on KTRS every Friday at 11.08 with Jennifer and Wendy, and I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times, and I am uh, my website's poplifestl.com, and I'm on all the socials. Where are you, Carl? Frankie, where can we find you? No, Frankie, ask our guest. Uh, uh, Freeway Frankie on um, Instagram and The Haunted Garage on Instagram. Uh, we do have an X account, Twitter. I don't know. I'm so confused by all this stuff. Threads, keeps, Twitter, uh, all of the yeah, above. X, X bird or whatever the hell they're calling yeah. it. <laughs> the X bird. Uh, they should have just called it like nest. It would have been funny. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm on, I'm on those things. Um, my freeway Frankie is more comical. And I just post a bunch of stuff on my stories that I find hilarious. And then the haunted garage really focuses on, it's going to be focusing on our filmmakers um, over the next couple of weeks. You can find me at underscore Carl, the intern on threads X and Instagram hockey season's going to be starting up pretty soon. Yay. And then also I'm on the Mark Cox morning show Monday through Friday on 97 one and also on second amendment radio and the great outdoors where Frankie has been a guest before on 97 one and KMOX. Everyone stay cool. Have a great week. And next week's labor day. Yay. The end of this hot hell summer. Yeah, I'm going to go see uh, Ragtime on Saturday, the final performance, and I'm seeing the palpable gross play tonight. Enjoy that. Yeah, I'm going to go see Beetlejuice. Excited about that, the Fox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're going to have a Friday the 13th special. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited. They're one of our sponsors. So. Oh, very Fantastic. cool. Very cool. We have Frankie, to talk to thank John you for being on with us. Yes, thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Stay cool. Be safe.